Hey, Sunda. Hey, Phil. Uh, how do I, where do we, how am I going to fit this relationship thing into this, uh, <laughs> session thing? <laughs> the problem is, I got some great visuals with that that none of y'all could see. So I'm just going to go ahead and say, we should talk about this tonight. <laughs> Cue music. And welcome to another episode of Pants Talking Games. I'm your host, who goes uh, first in the rotation, Phil. <laughs> I am your host, who goes second in the rotation, Senda. Why Why did we do that? <laughs> I flaked. I flaked. Usually I'm so good at making them up on the fly, I totally, I hit a wall. I know, right. we didn't have to do it at all. <laughs> I I know, but then I said, like, I you I realized what it. happened yep. as I was saying it, yep. and I was like, I trapped myself, yep. and whatever. <laughs> By the way, uh, if you're listening to the show, it's not scripted, it's not edited, and uh, for the foreseeable, much like a vaccine for COVID, Ouch. for the foreseeable future, we're, it's not going to be not there. It's not going to be, yes. Oof. Wow, that Funny, was hard, right? but harsh. Yeah, Ow, hard. hard reality there. But don't worry. Don't worry. The pillow guy, the pillow guy and the president are going to whip up an October <laughs> vaccine. You'll be fine. We can't have this conversation. I definitely will jump on it if the pillow guy is uh, is backing it. Anyway, X-carding that through. Yeah, I'm just shaking uh, my head. We're not, we're not having that conversation. You know what we should do is we should talk about the topic yes. for the show tonight <laughs> yes, so that I stop talking about things like that. Let's do that. Cool. What did, what did Matt Bonhoff have to yeah, say? Yeah, so for tonight's topic, um, Matt asked, how do you pursue individual plot threads like a romantic interest without hogging the spotlight? And he was sort of asking questions about being a good player, but you know what? We were inspired. So you get two points of view this evening. Absolutely. Yep. So Phil is going to talk about this from a GMing perspective, and I am going to talk about it from a player perspective, because that just divides everything up neatly, doesn't it? It does. And normally we lead with you, but we're going to set this up uh, a little strategically. Uh, I'm going to talk about, as a GM, how do you make spaces for these kinds of scenes in your game without hogging spotlight? And then I'm going to kick it over to you to... Um, deal with what do you do once you get one of these spaces. Yeah, because that is the difference. As GM, you got to create the space. Player, you got to use the space effectively. Cool. Yeah. So you're gonna. Yeah, you're gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna attack this from both angles so that you see the whole. You see the whole, whole picture. Thing. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. So I guess I'll jump right in. Yes, please. Um. So, um, when you are a GM. As we have said in the past, there are many things you are juggling, right? The eight skills of GMing. Um, but one of the things that um, gets a little tricky is that you are moving along story arcs. Um, in many cases, 
you're moving along your main story arc. That is like what you're sitting down to play at the table. Like this could be a published adventure. This could be a thing you wrote yourself. Um, it could be a completely ad libbed um, thing based on a prompt, right? Depends on what you're playing and what game you're playing or whatever. And then alongside of that, you've got other plots going on, these kind of personal relationship plots. So, you know, it could be a romantic relationship. It could be uh, two rivals. It could be um, two people estranged trying to get back together. All of those things. Um, and you are, in terms of beats and flow, you want to, you want your game to move. You want to make, you want to be, um, you want to be making progress through your main story because that's going to move you, you know, that moves characters through advancement, things like that. But at the same time, you want to have these individual things in there as well, because those are usually the things that have really good emotional draw uh, for the players, right? Um, players really dig those little spotlight scenes. Um, certain players, Senda being one of them, really mm. thrive on having um, really good uh, drama and messy drama um, in the in in the course of the game as well. So, your job as a GM is to figure out how you want to balance. Uh, progressing the main stories that you're telling along with how to progress these little uh, side arcs. And that's exactly what they are. So one, um, as a general reference, I'm going to refer you back to an episode of the misdirected Mark called arc of the misdirected, mm -hmm. um, which, which talks about this uh, in great gory detail. I'm going to give a much higher version of it tonight. Um, and, and, and I want to go back to that idea that personal, dramas and things like that are actually their own arcs. If you really look at them, they have beginnings, middles, and ends. And um, they're, and you need to work them in, right? So you're going to need to figure out a place for them to occur. Now, they're personal, which means that they often involve um, one player, maybe one or two players, but it's not... If it was... If it involved all the players, it really isn't a... Um, it really isn't a personal arc. It would be more like a sub, it would be like a, a secondary arc to the story, right? Like if you were all friends with the king, um, then, and something happens that's affecting all of your relationships, that's really just a side plot. Um, but if, if your character is friends with the king and no one else has that relationship, that's a more personal plot. Okay. And that is its own arc. Okay. So with that, uh, I have over the years found different ways to put these into my games. And I don't recommend any particular one of them. I think that they work best based on how you start to see your game uh, and how you like to run it. So I will give you just a few examples, all of these being equal, um, all of these being usable. And then you just kind of pick the one, um, pick the one you like. And when I say pick the one, I don't mean like your whole campaign has to use only this model. You can change out these three um, from session to session or whatever, but I will start at the top. Uh, the first one is you can designate a certain part of your session um, to 
personal stories. So uh, a great example of this is the um, game Tales from the Loop, which actually has this built into uh, its regular play. Tales from the Loop uh, will tell you that if you're playing it as written out of the book, that uh, the GM always starts with moments of the character's personal lives and then introduces the mystery. Then the players do the mystery. And then at the end of the mystery, they have like another round of personal of personal scenes. So though, so in a game like that, and you can adopt that same structure in your game, especially if your game is something like it's mission based or um, I did this with masks where I would do uh, personal high school stuff and then superhero thing, then personal high school stuff. It makes so, lots of sense when there's like two very distinct sort of yes styles or moments or 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 stakes. If that yes, makes sense. when when there's clean boundaries between the play styles, yeah, this works out. Um, this works out really well because it makes it very easy to be like, cool. We open our tales from the loop session, and everybody's getting up and getting ready for school, and they're meeting up for you know before homeroom, et cetera, et cetera. End of the school day, bam, mystery. Yep. Right. Draw a line. And then go forward. Okay. So that's the first one. Um, I like that one a lot. I've used it before a bunch. I really like it. Um, the next one is um, what we're going to just call the bottle episode. Mm, yes. <laughs> um, so if the if your if your main adventure is a series of um, series of sessions to get through the dungeons of um, you know, unbelievable badassery. Um, that's fine. And then when you're done with the dungeons of badassery and before you start on uh, the mountains of hopeless sorrow, um, you can throw in a session that is all personal stories while everyone's back in town or while they're on the road traveling from the dungeon to the mountains, whatever. Um, but the idea of the bottle episode is that uh, you don't even try to weave anything in. Right. So in the first example, our weaving was like, we're basically we're going to do one, then we're going to do the other. Maybe we'll come back to that last one in the course of a session or 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 an arc in in the bottle model, bottle model, <laughs> uh -huh. um, Carry in on. the bottle in the bottle model, um, <laughs> you're not even trying to weave these. You are basically saying that um, as a breather between adventures we're going to deal we're going to do some personal life drama stuff to kind of advance those things along and then we'll go back to adventures yeah it's almost at that point a, a specific beat change in your adventure arc right? absolutely in your campaign arc campaign arc, right in your yes. campaign arc it's it's an it's a Sorry. beat change no no you're perfectly you were absolutely right i was just using the terminology we used from the yep. um, no that's where i i was like adventure was not the right word it's late so i used this technique many many years ago in my um d20 modern game which was um simply just called heist about a group of um thieves in in las vegas in the early 2000s very oceans 11 um and what i did was when they were on a job, when they were stealing something, that's all we played. But in between jobs, we'd have a bottle episode where we would do personal arcs and maybe they go buy something and they had relationship stuff. And, and often then they would often 
come up with what the next job was going to be. Um, but I just put, I just packaged it all into one whole session. So, you know, we, you do this job, then when we all come back next week, we're going to do the bottle episode. Then, you know, next week we're going to start the next job. Um, and that's good if, um, I'll be honest. It's good. Uh, it's good for a couple of reasons. One, it's good if the uh, it's not plausible to have the relationship while they're doing the other thing. Like if your relationship with the blacksmith in town isn't going to occur while you're in the dungeon because right. you're in the dungeon. Right. Right. So when you get back to town at the end of the dungeon is the time when you can advance that arc. So. Um, doing the bottle episodes work really well there. Uh, the other one I will say is if you are a new GM and you are um, and you are just getting started, the bottle episode is good because it just allows you to focus, right? So focus on the adventure and do the adventure thing. Then focus on some drama stuff and have some fun with that and then go do another adventure thing. Like it's a really simple format um, and it's really easy to manage. So it's a low cognitive load um, to manage that. And I like that one. I, I, like I said, that one has a, its own place as well. Okay. Last one I have, right. I have three. Yes. And this one is my favorite because this is just how my games inevitably happen nowadays. The last one I have is a little more advanced, uh, but that is to weave these arcs into your existing arc, right. Um, into your existing adventure arc. Now, this is trickier because you now have to kind of figure out how to um, take the relationship stuff and kind of work it into um, the adventure. Now, it's easy if all the relationship stuff you're exploring is player to player, which Send is going to talk about Mm -hmm. in a second. If it's player to player, it's easy. It comes with you. the, The players are always, you know, like they're together. It's harder when it's NPCs, but I will say this, and this is where I I call this technique a little more advanced. Um, If you do a little prep, you can figure out how to work those NPCs into the adventures, right? So instead of having a stock generic NPC for some ambassador, um, you pull out the ambassador that um, your player has a um, ongoing, on-again, off-again love relationship with, right? You just drop them right in. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Why but, would you ever use anyone else? Oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> but, but here's what it means. If you're using published material, you're going to have to go through in a, during your prep and figure out who to swap in to fill those positions. And if you're ad, if you're, if you're, if you're writing your own stuff, that's by far a lot easier. Um, and if you're ad libbing your game, right? So if you're just improvising your game, um, then it's a matter of just um, pulling from your stock NPCs and pulling in familiar NPCs. Um, it is a, it is a great technique um, it can be a lot of fun. Uh, it generates additional drama in the um, hard decisions of do I advance the ongoing adventure arc or do I advance my personal arc? It's even better if those things are in conflict with one another. 
Um, you are a space pirate. You arrive at the station to find the ambassador who uh, loves you, but is on the opposite side of the law. And are you going to are you going to do space piratey stuff with your crew, or are you going to you know pursue your romance? Um, as, as you know, as the ambassador tries to pull you away from space piratey stuff, those are, um, those, those make those adventures better. It is just more difficult, right? It is, it's going to require you to do either a little work or some juggling. Um, it's going to require, um, unlike the bottle episode, it's going to require that you, um, do a little scene switching so that um, the pl- the rest of the players are kind of pushing the adventure forward while you are getting some screen time to push your personal arc forward. And you're going to want to do some aggressive scene cutting to kind of switch between those so that the spotlight doesn't stick in one place for too long. Again, all very doable. Works great. A technique I have used countless times in countless games um, and enjoy it quite a bit. Um, but... I wouldn't recommend it for a beginner, right? It's definitely, it's a, it's a, it's definitely a mid to advanced GM technique. Um, but if you are, um, if you're feeling it, um, it can be a lot of fun. So I will say, and this is handy cause it transitions us, um, into, uh, the, the player stuff a little bit more. Um, I think what you're saying is pretty true about NPCs because really what you're doing when you, um, sort of throw in a personal plot like that with an NPC is you're presenting the PC with more difficult decisions, right? You're presenting them with decisions that are specific to them. Um, and so it's specific, it's specific to them. And that's why the the spotlight can sometimes hang on them because they yes. are struggling with a difficult decision. And if nobody else is struggling with that decision, that's where you get stuck. Right? So this is actually why I love playing complicated relationships with other players. Um, firstly, because what tends to happen um, when you play um, a complicated interpersonal relationship or, or sort of like personal um, plot thing, but it involves another player instead of the GM, then what happens is you're going along doing the plot you're doing the thing, but as you go along doing the plot and the thing, your other plot tends to advance by default because you have to interact with each other. And uh, and so it becomes about, you know, whatever that relationship is and whatever that direction is that it's moving in. Like, is it a will they or won't they? Or is it like a, a, a frenemies or a rivals or a, you know... Um, or a, a, an enemies to lovers, like, you know, whatever direction you're going with it. Um, it means that you're constantly in that pressure cooker together, constantly having to react to each other, which means that you don't have to even separate or thread things really at all. Um, because as players, it becomes our job to just consistently push on those decisions and those relationships as we continue to advance the plot, right? Agree yeah, absolutely. Me. Thank you. Oh, um, I'm totally with you. It uh, it's my favorite. <laughs> well, sure. Um, so so there's a couple of things, right? And and one of them is, and this is neither. I'm going to throw one in that I didn't write down before. So bear with me. One of the things that for me um, tends to work really well, and we've talked about this before, so I'm not going to go into great detail. We did a, 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 a whole episode on relationships. Um, and, um, so one of the things that you can do 
as both a player and a GM to make sure that everybody kind of gets spotlight time to do their personal stuff is to make sure that everybody has relationships that they get to do that with, right? So that means, you know, if I'm in a relationship where like um, me and another player have decided that like we're going to will they or won't they this to death, right? Like this is going to be a thing and neither of us know and it's going to go on forever, potentially until maybe one of us finally like does something about it. Um, So if I have that relationship with one person, um, that's a pretty strong relationship that has a lot of things that we can play. But if my relationship with someone else on the other side of that is like we're Facebook friends, that relationship is not going to see a lot of play. Um, so I think that part of the thing to talk about as players going into a game and part of the thing to do as a player is to make sure that everybody has the opportunity to be dramatically involved to the same extent or whatever extent they're comfortable and want to have that spotlight for, right? Does that make sense? Yep. Because, oh, yeah, absolutely. because if there's n- if like, there's not a whole lot I can do with Facebook friends, but there's a right. lot that I can do with will they or won't they. And so inevitably, will they or won't they is going to get my attention. And Facebook friends is going to be a side note. Right. And if a player um, makes all of their relationships Facebook friends. Yeah. And you've made a will they, won't they. You're going to get more spotlight time um, just because that's a more interesting um things that are interesting take up more time at the table yes right so yep um your relationship is going to um actually monopolize a little more of the spotlight um over other players just because it'll become hotter right and and i've experienced this right and and the thing that i would say you you can't make anybody be in a more complicated relationship than they want to be, of course. This is all about consent, right? So everybody at the table gets the option to opt in as however hard or however, you know, light they are happy to play relationships at. But as a player, um, and one of the things that I really like to do is I want to make sure that I have offered people the opportunity to be in a deliciously complicated relationship, partially because that's what I want out of the game, but also because knowing that being in a complicated relationship will give them spotlight time too, right? Mm -hmm. So my goal when we have relationships at play in the table, which let's be honest, that's like every game for me because if it's not there, I'll add it. Um, My goal is to have a complicated relationship with everyone so that there's like, there's always spotlight shifting happening but there's always complicated stuff with everybody. And it doesn't, like, we could bring in anyone at any given moment and make sure that that spotlight shines everywhere. So I would say my first responsibility as a player is to make sure that basically all of the things, all of my personal plot stuff is as interesting as everyone else's and to give everybody else the opportunity to create interesting relationships and personal plot stuff so that, so that they will get spotlight time because we will be interested to see it. Yes, which takes me to the first thing that I actually wrote down, which is to be a fan of the other players, Um, which, you know, is is partially just like if you're invested in the stories that other people are telling that may not involve your character personally, but you get to see them play out at the table. That's 
awesome. I love watching that stuff, right? So firstly, like be a fan of them getting that time and space. And that will make you giving of that time and space and not resentful of it, right? So that's that's part of it. Um, and then the other thing just to be really aware of is like sometimes the spotlight will get handed to you and you will have a huge, complicated, messy scene and it will be really fulfilling and it'll be super good. And it went on for 15 minutes and now it is not your turn anymore. So that means once you're done, like once you've had that time, you gracefully pass that spotlight on or let the GM move it on or whatever it is. You don't then try to take it back a scene later or whatever, right? Like you need to be aware of the fact that you've just had a bunch of spotlight time and let everybody else have theirs. And that's just an awareness thing. Um, And it means that as a player, you are not then going back and like trying to jump in on someone else's scene. Um, Mm -hmm. or pull more spotlight back to yourself. You just had it. Now it's sharing time, right? (laughs) So that, um, which is just, so be a fan of the other players because if you are interested in what they have to say, then you won't try to yank it away from them because you'll be fascinated in their stories too, which are hopefully interesting and complicated just like yours, which brings us back to the first point, right? Um, So the other thing that you can do as a player, and this is, again, it's especially true if you're PC to PC in some kind of relationship or, or plot tangle. Um, but you can also do it as a PC who is not directly involved in an NPC to PC relationship, but might have opinions about it or something along those lines. Um, you can both as a player celebrate and then as a character deepen or mess with the drama, right? Which means that you actually get to... Um, have spotlight time with that person as they push that plot, that personal plot along, but you are now peripherally involved in it, sharing that spotlight time with them. Right. Um, and, and so that, that can be a thing where you, again, you can draw on other people's drama and make it even more interesting. Um, but if the drama is about you give other people the opportunity to do that, to draw on your drama and that's one of those just share the spotlight moments. A lot of this stuff is like, I think we did an episode on sharing the spotlight in general. And a lot of this is kind of uh, the same thing um, because it is about sharing <laughs> and communicating and being Well, and given. it's about time. Yeah. And it's about time management because time these, management. these personal arcs are, again, personal. And they're, yeah. they're technically, I mean... I I mean, they are good and they have a place in the game, but they are technically slowing down the progress of the main adventure. Yeah. And it's funny because I will tell you at this point, there's, there's a different thing that happens depending on the chemistry of your group and what they want out of the game. For me, sometimes my games degenerate into literally nothing but the personal, right? Like there's a plot somewhere we don't care and nobody really, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Like we'll get there when we get there, but, um, but that's not the kind of thing you could do really say like at a con game, um, or that's not necessarily the style of play that everybody wants to go in for. Like also that's not the kind of game that Phil usually runs. I would think. Correct. Cause you usually actually have a direction and a purpose. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, just, I mean, you know, in the future when I'm running Star Trek adventures, like assume that there's going to be a mission. Oh yeah. Right? There will like, be a mission. Um, and that's and fine. I, right, right. And the assumption will be that you will also do the mission. Oh, I'll do the mission. Yeah. 
I just get my, you know, relationship stuff will happen while we're on the mission. Sure, that's fine. That's what happens. Uh, there's there's room for that in the game. Yes, that's fine. I don't yes. have a problem with that. It's um. No, what I'm saying is don't expect the de-evolution <laughs> of the game to just be some soap opera on on board a you know on board a ship. Yeah, like, dice, what are dice? <laughs> I don't have. Yeah, any I, I'm of you. I'm a little I'm a little more stringent than you are when it comes to those things. That's fine. I'm gonna run you. This Discord has ghosts in it. Um. Anyway, yeah, so so those are kind of my things. And I guess it just boils down to be interesting, help others be interesting, and then be interested in them. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that is perfectly, um, it's perfectly valid, right? Like those are, it's about, it's about having, it's about maximizing that space that you get, not holding on to it too long. And um, and also not trying to grab it when other people are using it. Yeah. And then from the GM side, because I sense that we're closing out the episode. I think so, yeah. And I, can, and I will put a wrapper <laughs> on this. From the GM side, it's about creating those spaces, right? So it's about how are you going to uh, make that space fit uh, into the game you're running? And how do you make it feel organic to the game that you're running, right? So are you going to... Um, are you going to do it with like an opening? Are you going to bottle it? Are you going to weave it? Um, those are all valid ways to do it. Uh, I am a creature of structure. So once I have kind of picked one of those, um, I tend to use that model for most of the campaign. Um, but that's me. You, by all means, are welcome to vary it up um, along the way. Someday, and this is occurring to me, and I'm just going to say it on the mics. <laughs> Sorry. Someday, when you run the Star Trek adventure, I'm finally going to play in one of your campaigns, which is very different from a one-shot, right? It's yeah. going to be really interesting to see what happens. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing I can tell you, right? So, I think of my games like tv shows i know right well like so i i have an idea of like what will happen there what's I, it's going to be interesting to see how my default weaving is going to interact with the more um arranged version of some it's going to be interesting I don't I don't I don't think it's going to be a problem. It's just going to be different and I'm excited to try it. I mean, I'm a flexible GM, but I mean Yeah, I know you are. For something like for something like for something like Star Trek, right? Like oh, yeah, bottle episodes are pretty common, I know. right? <laughs> Spotlight episodes are common, right? Where like, you know, there's another plot going on that somebody's working on engineering, but tonight it's going to be really like all about Troy. Like I, I suspect I suspect that I will run Trek um, like the next generation. I will run it more true to a, like, I will run it true like track, like mm -hmm. whether I'm going to do it like DS9 or whether I do it like TNG. But I suspect there will be, like, I will think about it in terms of episodes and things like that. That makes sense. Um, not that I'm going to do it episodic versus serial because I'm more than um, DS9 is my favorite um, Trek. Mm -hmm. And so serial is my favorite for format for Trek. But you know, there are away missions like I like I will see these things as like this is an episode. This is the next episode, that kind of thing. So um, there will definitely be spotlight episodes and things like that that will happen um, 
and then there'll be woven stuff into it anyway, because that's exactly how the show goes. Right. right? It's so inevitable. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes there's stuff woven into an episode, and sometimes the um, producers are just like, nope, this is all these two characters tonight. Time to address this relationship directly. Yeah, exactly. Derek and Bashir. Oh, I would like them to, I would like them to, I would have liked them to address that very directly. <laughs> and you never um, watch it, you're like, kiss, kiss, kiss. It, it is a legitimate response to <laughs> watching. So <laughs> yes. Yes. If it wasn't 1993 and the world would have lost its shit, um, that would have been fantastic. Anyway, when we have diverged <laughs> off into just talking about Deep Space Nine, a thing we could host another podcast about uh, it is time for us though. to wrap up that would be funny it would be like it would be like the villains had to watch ds9 you've seen it before i haven't it's like send a blind reacts and you explain yeah. what the fuck is going on yeah that would be i mean i would do that i would do that <laughs> if we're gonna do it we gotta get on it because i've seen more and more right now just saying i know Anyway, um, it must be time when we've diverged completely off the topic and started um, talking about Star Trek. It must be time for the end of the show. But in order to do that, you got to tell us about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network. Oh, gosh. You know, you could watch the Misdirected Mark podcast with this gentleman right here and some other awesome dudes. And they record live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. <laughs> That's not how we tell time. That's not how we tell time in the world. <laughs> well, the- we tell time in the world by by saying Eastern where I live. <laughs> then we mention your time because it's different. <laughs> but but I always have to rush through dinner to make sure that I'm done in time. So six p.m. Anyway, or eight p.m. Eastern. Um, you can catch them live, or you can catch them later. Um, and they are uh, talking GMing and game design coolness in an effort to entertain and en- educate you. Wait, enter and to what's your what's your catchphrase? Ah, oh, jeez! Now that it's Schrodinger's catchphrase, now that you've now, that you've, ma- now that you've mangled it. Um, it's about game mastering. It's about gaming, game mastering, and entertaining you. Oh, sure. I thought there was something in there, but you know. Anyway. Uh, Senda, where do people find us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games, and you can find us in the Misdirected Mark forums, forums.misdirectedmark.com, and you can find us by email if you prefer, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? Much like Matt Bonhoff, uh, leave us um, some ideas about stuff to talk about. In fact, actually, listen, like, seriously, tell please. You guys, seriously, we're running low please. on stuff, so... Um, between you, like, unless you want some more chit-chat episodes or a Ditch Lilies episode, we're going to need some ideas. So, um, tweet them, text them, send them by carrier pigeon, if you know where one of us lives, whatever. Uh, it's fine. I would love to get a pigeon with a note oh, with a GM topic on it. I was going to go tweet them, um, text them, stick them in a jar. <laughs> I, I mean, whatever. Stew? However you, what however you want to get them to us. Tweet them, text them, stick them in a, sh- a, st- a stew. Oh my god! We're never going to get to the end I'm of the so show. I'm so sorry. It's so late at night. Put sit on your hands. Okay. okay. Um, anyway, um, we love to do shows about the things that you find interesting. In fact, we thrive on doing shows that you find interesting. Otherwise, uh, we devolve into a um, Ditchly and DS9 podcast, which is all great things from the '90s, by the way. 
Um, so maybe that's our new podcast is like why the 90s kicked ass with Senda and Phil. Here are some fake reasons and here are some real reasons. <laughs> There's only a couple places where those circles uh, those circles overlap because one of us was like a kid and one of us was in college. I liked, um, I enjoyed the 90s. I was definitely I a did child. Too. Yeah. I was 19. You were not. Uh-huh. <sighs> We've got everything covered from Tamagotchis to, <laughs> you know, whatever. Anyway... Anyway, don't make us do that podcast. Make us do this one. (laughs) And the way you make us do this podcast is by sending us more suggestions. Let us know the questions you have, the topics you'd like to hear us talk about, whatever it is in gaming. Just throw it out there. We will make a show from it. I promise you we are very good at that part. Okay. That all said, if you like what we do here elsewhere on the Mistructive Mark Network... Uh, please consider supporting our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Um, patrons of the show get access to the bonus outtakes from this show, the after show from the Misdirected Mark, uh, as well as, and I think it's probably the biggest draw, is the Slack Room for Life. Um, just a just a collection of fine, fine human beings, people I love um, very much, uh, all collected in one place. Uh, we even do a little Friday luncheon. Uh, with our Slack folk, um, which I love as well. Like, I really enjoy the time uh, chatting with everyone on Fridays at lunch. Uh, yeah. So um, those are those are the reasons, those, those are the things we like to give to you. What you are giving to us with your patronage is you are helping this network uh, keep its lights on, right? We have server costs and storage and backups and bandwidth, um, mics and cords for mics. Like, it, there's no shortage of things that... Um, that we need to pay for over the course of a year. Your patronage makes all of that possible. So we thank you very much for all of your help. If you are already a patron of the show, thank you very much, or unable to patron the show, which we totally understand, um, there's another thing you can do. We talk about it every week about the, if you listen to us, you will love us. Mm. We already assume that you are shoving this podcast in front of everyone that you know personally. So let's just focus on the thing that you can do that helps complete strangers find the podcast. Senda, tell me what that thing is. Well, you can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Uh, Every new review we get really does actually help new people find the show which is pretty awesome. And it also makes us feel super happy and giddy and warm inside, which in the current state of the world is just a nice, good, warm feeling. Yes, it's very nice and warm. Um, so we really, really do appreciate them. If you leave it somewhere that's not the U.S. iTunes store, let us know, because then we'll find it and read it and feel happy um, instead of just praying and wandering through one day months later and then being like, oh my gosh, look at this review. It still makes us happy. But then I'm like, I'm sad. I missed this for so long. Anyway, long story short, we super duper appreciate everybody who's already left reviews. They really do actually help new people find the show. Say, Senda, Mm -hmm. what messy relationship are you likely to start up in your next game? This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Show me what you got.
Bloopy. Clicky. I even clicked. I, I got waveforms. Me too. All right. Uh, very quickly, because we're not supposed to make a big mess in the front of the show. We're supposed to make a big mess after the show. Um, you good? I think I'm good. <laughs> There's a pot in your in your background. I'm assuming that's that um, that pseudo home trick for collecting yeah, ash out of the air. I don't think it worked. <laughs> okay, I just like I'm looking and I'm like, "There's bookshelf, right? Right? Yep. There's like, there's those cool the, Princess Leia pictures, right? Like, those are cool. Been drinking out of it, and I've felt bad <laughs> about removing a secondary oh, man. water source, so it's just." been chilling there there's like a 10 quart pot in the background <laughs> stainless steel pot fiberware it looks like i can't tell because i can't see the handles it's not but. a very good one it's actually my college one i just keep around for weird things like holding water or soaking feet like boiling things that aren't food Ding. <laughs> we should start the show we should definitely start the show now that you've said that. <laughs> well. All right. What? Bloop. Do, 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 do